You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Vikings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, your pal in the Kitty Copy Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today's show is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season, of course, is a little different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Personally, I'm still excited to watch rookies develop, see what kind of schematic things Zimmer can do now that he's sort of behind the eight ball personnel-wise. I'm I'm excited to break down all of these games, even if they're meaningless. But however you watch, whatever you want to watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to Made for Football watching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And of course, today is Crossover Thursday, so we're going to spend most of the show talking to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. We'll learn about the Packers, where they're at since last time we saw them, and I'm going to gripe a whole bunch about the Vikings and generally lash out. It'll be very fun. But first, we have some injury news to go over. The Vikings cornerback group is incredibly injured right now. Holton Hill and Mike Hughes both did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Holton Hill has a foot injury and has been out. Mike Hughes has a neck injury and has been out. Those seem to still be going on. However, the Vikings did get a few people back. Of course, Pat Elfline practiced. They are currently considering taking him off of IR. He's in that window where he's not activated yet, but he can practice. Dalvin Cook returned to practice on a limited basis with that groin injury, so hopefully he can go. And Drew Samia is back, so if Elfline isn't activated, they won't have to resort to Ezra Cleveland if they don't want to anymore. And in case you were worried about Adam Thielen's status, he was a full participant as well. The other missing cornerback was Cameron Dantzler, who was put on COVID-19 IR. And as of this recording, it's unclear whether or not he actually tested positive or if he was just exposed and needs to do the two negative tests thing. So it's not actually a guarantee that he doesn't play on Sunday, but it is certainly unlikely. And if he does show symptoms, he'll have to be out for many days and he'll definitely miss the Packers game and maybe even the following game against the Lions. This means that the cornerback group would be down to Jeff Gladney on one side, Harrison Hand on the other side, and probably Chris Boyd in the slot, although Chris Boyd could play outside and Jeff Gladney inside, but Chris Boyd himself was also a limited participant in practice with a hamstring slash back injury. He's dealing with a couple of nicks as well, so it's going to be a very banged up cornerback group. So the Vikings actually activated Mark Fields, and of course they just brought in Chris Jones, who probably won't be through COVID-19 protocols by the time uh, it's time to play against the Packers, so he might not be available either. It's an incredibly thin cornerback group, and it's been decimated. There are more cornerbacks that the Vikings have unavailable than cornerbacks they have available to them right now, and the group was kind of a question mark in the first place. So this is going to be a difficult thing, especially going up against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and what they did to the Vikings in week one. It's a weaker group this time around. With the trade deadline approaching, there is uh, a lot of speculation about what Vikings could potentially be moved at the deadline. Right now, however, it doesn't seem like there are any reports of any specific players that are in talks or getting traded or anything like that. It doesn't seem to be like there's any motion, though the Vikings have made it known that their phones are open. Uh, Late on Tuesday night, there was some 
hubbub about Adam Thielen potentially being traded. It turns out that that was a bunk rumor. Benjamin Albright, who's very, very connected around the league, uh, said that a coach literally outright laughed when the suggestion of trading Adam Thielen was brought up to him. So it doesn't sound like the Vikings are going to try to move Adam Thielen unless somebody gives them a godfather offer. Of course, that's always on the table. If somebody gives them an offer that they can't refuse, you know, eventually everybody has their price, right? Uh, And I'm sure the phones are on and and there's a lot of discussion going on. uh, But the actual result of Adam Thielen getting traded to the Browns or any other team at this particular juncture seems really unlikely. But it is now Packers Week, part two Packers Week. The Vikings are going to go to Lambeau on Sunday and try to take down their division rivals, which means it's Thursday. It's crossover Thursday. So it is time to talk to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers and continue this little Locked On Podcast Network uh, weekly tradition and get out of bye week mode and back into covering an actual Vikings game. I'm, I always get so excited the week after the bye uh, to watch the Vikings play, even when I'm like dreading what like the level of play they're going to show us. I always get said like I watch, you know, some football all day Sunday and I just kind of wish there was a Vikings game to break down now. But first, if you've ever needed any car parts, you probably go to one of those brick-and-mortar stores like Advance or O'Reilly or something like that. But the thing about those chain stores, the real secret, is that they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and, you know, do-it-yourselfers or just random people that walk in the door. RockAuto.com doesn't do that to you. Their prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like kind of like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it doesn't require membership or an account login or anything like that. You just enter your make, your year, your model, navigate to the part that you need, and you can make sure that it's only listing stuff that is compatible with your car. So it does all that weird knowledge uh, work for you, all that research, and you just have to make sure that you're getting something at a price you like, which you're going to like the prices. So if you do buy anything off of rockauto.com in the how you heard about a section at checkout, let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, I'm going to have to take repetitive hits from Harrison Smith and make a dollar for every second that I stay conscious. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Locked On Packers, Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings joining me. And it, it does feel like we just did this, Luke. Yep, I can't wait to die again to the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things uh, for a little while there looked like they were going to get a little bit better. The Vikings were competitive in some of these games, barely lost, uh, but they still lost and they've lost a lot and they continue to lose on and off the field. The injury report on Wednesday, uh, I don't even know who's going to you might have to play cornerback on Sunday. I, I don't really know <laughs> what the situation is going to be there. Uh, they, they just announced Daniel Hunter is not going to be back. That's not surprising. They trade Yanni Kingakwe. What are we doing? What's happening in Minnesota? <laughs> uh, so with the cornerbacks, um, yeah. So Cameron Dantzler is on COVID IR, uh, that he could be one of those things where he was like exposed into negative tests later. He could come back, uh, at this, as of this recording, we're not quite sure, but I'm, I'm sure you can kind of pencil that he'll be out. Um, Holton Hill didn't practice on Wednesday. Mike Hughes still not practicing with a neck injury. And that's super, super concerning. Uh, so yeah, there's, uh, we're, we're down to our depth here. You're going to have, uh, Jeff Gladney, who's had an up and down season though. I think he's coming along, you know, just rookie corner, no preseason. All the rookies corners are kind of struggling this year. Um, and then you have Harrison hand also a rookie corner. He's a fifth round pick. And Chris Boyd, who was a seventh round pick last year, who hasn't really shown much either, are going to be your starting corners. You, I mean, this is the third team secondary. So, uh, yeah, by Devonte Adams shares. 
Well, the good news is um, they invested before the season a lot in the pass rush. <laughs> yeah, and then they uninvested that's in the, the pass. That's yeah. the tweet. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay, it's it's interesting, right? Because when they traded for Unique Ngakwe, they were like, well, this is going to take all the pressure off the young corners. We know the young corners aren't going to do that well, and that's going to be, you know, we're going to take all the pressure off of them. And then they trade Unique Ngakwe, and they're like, yeah, we thought it was the best thing for the team. And it was like way more vague. And it's very clear that it's like, okay, we're just like having our corners learn by fire because this season is like packed in. That's that's my take on on how it's going. Like they're one in five. They don't have any good players left. You know, Hunter's out, Anthony Barr's out. They have like two good safeties and Eric Hendricks. And like, that is it. So they're just, they're packing it in and they'll get Michael Pierce back from opt out next year. They get uh, Daniel Hunter out off of back off of that herniated disc. They get Anthony Barr back and we're going to try this again next year. Um, but I think it's going to be a bit of a youth movement and this is going to look a lot more like a week 17 matchup than, than a week eight matchup. Yeah, although, you know, they, they do have some young players to be excited about. Justin Jefferson has been a Pro Bowl-level player. I mean, he's been, oh, yeah. as advertised, awesome, unbelievable. So at least they have that moving forward. There's been some discussion that maybe Adam Thielen could be on the trade block. I, I guess some of these guys I understand why you'd want to move on from. I don't understand why Thielen would be one of those guys. Yeah, I don't uh, the think one, they're the going to do play- that. Go ahead. I- I, I don't think they're going to do that. The, that rumor, the only version of that rumor I've seen doesn't seem uh, substantiated. So in terms of what we're actually going to see on Sunday, they're going to field a roster that's going to look weird. It's going to look weird even to Vikings fans because it's going to be a lot of names that it's like, wait, who is that again? Remind me. And offensively, though, they still have a lot of their their main guys. Sure. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, uh, Kirk Cousins. And and sort of the the cornerstones of the offensive line, offensively they can they could pretty much look the way they want theoretically, except for you know getting out of game script because of what the defense does. Yeah, or what what Kirk Cousins decides to what whatever weird performance sure. art he decides to put in. Listen, the offense I think can be really efficient. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the offense can be really efficient, right? You've got two very good wide receivers. You've got Kyle Rudolph. He's yep. a red zone target. You have Irv Smith, who's had, I mean, he's had his games where he can get, you know, his five catches, be the role player you want from him. Um, even Ola B.C. Johnson, the, the wide receiver three is a decent weapon. And of course, you've got the Dalvin Cook running game. And honestly, the offensive line has had, the guards have been very bad. They get Pat Elfline back off of IR this week. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been the disaster that like the backups were there. Dakota Dozier hasn't also been great, but like that's really uh, something that is surmountable. Um, so, you know, they have, they have a a decent roster there and they've been able to move the ball all year and turn these games into shootouts. Um, you know, I, I think the, the thing that has sunk them is that Kirk Cousins throws some mind boggling interception on the first play of the drive and gives you first and 10 on the 25 yard line. And then the defense gives up the touchdown. And then suddenly, you know, by the end of the first quarter, it's 24 to six and you have no idea what happened. So I, I think if Kirk Cousins can limit those mistakes, which we have not seen yet this year, but that's going to be what it requires for the Vikings to kind of get into a game and actually be competitive in this thing is for Kirk Cousins to not piss away the game in the first two seconds of it. Yeah, and I think in in a lot of ways, there's some similarities last week uh, with an offense that is capable of of putting up points in a defense that, you know, really doesn't scare you, despite the fact that there are some star players on it. Last week, it was J.J. Watt. This week, it's guys like Harrison Smith. and and Oh, yeah, the the defense has three good players and a bunch of backups. This defense should not scare you. Yeah. And it, and it, it, given the what the Packers did to it in week one, I don't think they're going to be scared of it. No, and it's a worse the second time through, this, the worst second time through, Mike Zimmer. I mean, Aaron Rodgers 
has the utmost respect for Mike Zimmer um, and, and said so again on Wednesday was just like there's there's absolutely no reason for Mike Zimmer to be on the hot seat. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Those two are um, they have a they have a bromance that is uh, un, unmatched in, in recent Packers Vikings history. <laughs> I Adversarial do, I do respect. Wonder, yes, of course, they they really do. I think also just like like to get after one another but then after it's done it's just like yeah you're great yeah <laughs> um uh, th- there has been some discussion about letdown potential because they they go to san francisco in four days after this game Oof. yeah and the, the vikings packers games you know when one team is good and one team is bad have always been closer than they're supposed to be that's just a right. division rival thing yep. you know never never uh, underestimate a road divisional opponent because they yeah they know each other well and you just listen to the way the packers talk about the vikings they they are not looking at the vikings and going haha look at this one in five crappy team they know that the vikings have something to them two of those losses were one point they're not quite themselves and stuff like that i i don't think the packers would like overlook the vikings or anything like that but here's the thing i don't think they're gonna have to work very hard the packers can go to the same thing they always go to just throw everything to Devontae Adams, manufacture 15 touches for him and watch him get 180 yards. The Vikings haven't been able to stop that for like two and a half years. Why would they change it? Well, and and just as the, the injury report for the Vikings on Wednesday especially was troubling, Green Bay got just about everyone back. David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirksey, Darnell Savage, Tyler Irvin, like everyone that was out. They were out half a dozen starters on Sunday. Those guys were all back at practice. So... Um, just something to keep in mind, Luke. Uh, yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about all those guys it, in a sec here. <laughs> yeah, th- those are, uh, these are always, uh, I, I think it's going to be a-, a better game than maybe the records say it should. So we're going to talk to Peter about the Packers in just a second. But first, I want to shout out one of today's sponsors, Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Personally, I've been watching at home. It's been a, like a more peaceful experience. It's easier to, to handle things. There's not quite as much anger all around. The energy is a little bit more positive. But however you decide to watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi feels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Okay, bringing it back in here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, here with Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers, and it's time to talk about your team. And I think the biggest question that I have, the biggest curiosity, I guess, is... Is there something different about Aaron Rodgers this year that we didn't see in the last, you know, two, three years? You know, last two, three, three years of Aaron Rodgers were kind of uncharacteristic against the rest of his career. Seems like he's back and he's he's kind of dealing the way he's supposed to. Is this a supporting cast thing or is there something to Aaron Rodgers' play that has changed or evolved? Is it like an internal thing with Rodgers himself? I think it's a little bit of all of that stuff. Uh, Mike Sando wrote a great piece for the athletic before the season where he watched some tape with, with coaches and, and evaluators and they went back and, and in 2019, they looked at some of these deep throws that went down as incompletions and they were like, okay, uh, Jimmy Graham drop, Jay Kumaro drop, Geronimo Allison drop. And it's a lot of names that are just not on the team anymore. And so I think there is an addition by subtraction, not having Jimmy Graham, not having Geronimo Allison, you replace Geronimo Allison with Alan Lazard. That turns out that's a pretty big upgrade. Alan Lazard is a real starting NFL receiver. Geronimo Allison is not. And we have seen the breakout of large Robert Tunyon 
in in this offense. Jay Sternberger gets involved. The tight end play has been better with Mercedes Lewis being the stalwart. And then Matt LaFleur's evolution as a play caller and a play designer has has definitely played a role. Uh, they've been able to get to more gimmies for him. The Vikings game plan in week one is the platonic ideal of how this team wants to play. It's a lot of runs. It's a lot of interesting runs, a lot of built-in throws where it's design reads. And then you have your shot plays. You get Devontae Adams down the field. You get Alan Lazar down the field. And that's how they want to play. Rodgers is also trusting that system. He's getting the ball out as quickly as he has in his entire career. He's hitting his back foot and getting the ball out. He's taking those designed gimme throws rather than saying, okay, we're going to run this boot action rather than trying to get to the backside post, which is really just a clear out. I'm going to actually throw the ball to the tight end where this is designed to go because I believe he can make a play with it. It's a, it's a confluence of factors, but I do think Rogers play just his efficiency is the biggest reason that he looks so different. Yeah. And I guess so with the, the, resurgence of role players for the Packers offense and not having to rely on Devonte Adams as much, I guess that kind of puts you in a, a situation where the Packers kind of have options here for how they want to attack this defense because the Vikings don't have the horses to keep up with Devontae Adams. If you wanted to do a 15-touch Devontae Adams game, that probably is a successful strategy because you're going up against like Harrison Hand, who was drafted in the fifth round this year. But if you didn't want to do that and you wanted to go for more of a role, you know, go get Jay Sternberger involved, right? Get Robert Tanyan involved. Get Alan Lazard involved. You probably couldn't get away with that too because, again, the Vikings just don't have the horses to keep up with any offense, let alone one with one of the best receivers in the league on it. So I guess if you were trying to attack this offense and the the situation the the secondary is in, and you know you were Matt Lafleur, how would you go about it? Well, you know I, I think the the great thing, and you pointed it out, is they have flexibility, and they've done it in different ways over the course of the season. So in week one, Mike Zimmer said, "All right, we're going to put everyone in the box. We're going to play single high, and we're going to dare you to beat us over the top." Well, that didn't work because they couldn't get after Aaron Rodgers enough to pressure him, and guys were open. They couldn't cover Devontae Adams, even with safety help. And so it was just the Aaron Rodgers show, the heaviest set of boxes Aaron Jones has faced in his career. Week two was the opposite. The Lions decided, all right, we're going to play two deep safeties, and we're going we're gonna to not let Aaron Rodgers beat us over the top. And guess what? Aaron Jones ran the ball on them all day. And so did Jamal Williams. So it, it is really difficult for any defense to load up to stop anything this team wants to do. Uh, the, the idea, and I wrote about this for Packer Report this week, the idea is if you stop the run and can make them play left-handed, you can create opportunities because of the, the skill talent around Devontae Adams is not there. Except we've seen this season, even when Devontae Adams has not had help, they've been able to score. In fact, they've been able to score without Devontae Adams, 37 points with Alan right, Lazard as the number one receiver against the Saints. And 30 points, albeit against a bad Falcons defense, with neither of those guys in the lineup. They were able to manufacture the, the big Bob Tunyon game. So the, the way you attack this defense is hope that they play poorly and hope that you play really well. Because that's what Tampa did. They had a great game plan that they executed perfectly. Green Bay's offensive line had their worst game of the season. Aaron Rodgers does something he never does and threw interceptions. And that it just you have to try and muck up the game as best as possible. The problem is the way that this team is with the skill talent, the design of the offense and Rodgers is playing. It's just really hard to do. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. I haven't looked into that Tampa game yet, but I definitely am going to to see kind of, and I'm sure the Vikings are looking at it too, to go, okay, how did Tampa do this and force Aaron Rodgers into making mistakes and can we replicate that? But uh, I want to flip to the other side of the ball with the defense because of course, you know, the Vikings have two very good wide receivers again. They have Justin Jefferson who's playing out of his mind. They have Adam Thielen who's still Adam Thielen. Um, Both of those players are very good in the slot. Both of those players can play in the outside. So the Vikings kind of get the same flexibility, a similar flexibility where they kind of get to choose how to attack you. And I know, you know, Jair Alexander, he's as good as ever. Kevin King, I feel like he's up and down, but I don't know, you know better about him than I do. Uh, but I guess who, who's the slot corner in in Green Bay? I know it's a Chandon Sullivan has taken most of the slot uh, coverage reps. How is he and would he be able to hold up against, you know, a big contested catch guy like uh, Justin Jefferson or a average size contested catch guy like Adam Thielen with good route running? <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated to see how Mike Patton decides to deploy his corners in this game. Shannon Sullivan was excellent last year in a sort of dime corner hybrid role. And his signature play was this leaping interception against Dak Prescott. And he's a he's a former Georgia State undrafted free agent who didn't run super fast at, at his pro day. He insists that he was hurt, but he had like a 43-inch vertical. He's he's actually quietly of a very explosive athlete and he's been a little up and down this year but I think generally up did not tackle well against the Texans but in terms of coverage I think he's going to be up to this in 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 as much as any you know third corner on a team can be but I wonder how much they're going to put Jair Alexander in the slot and say okay if it's if it's one of these two guys how are you going to match up or you just say hey look Shannon Sullivan is our slot and that's what it's going to be Kevin King uh, is is a question mark to play. He re-injured a quad injury from last week. It looked like he was on set to play for the Texans. And then late in the week, it was like, oh, just kidding. And Josh Jackson, uh, former second round pick, has been pretty good in his stead the last two weeks, um, getting getting his first start since his rookie season. So it, it is a situation where Green Bay, um, I, I think they probably feel OK about their cornerback situation. But they have some some different options on how they want to play it. I would love to see Jair Alexander. Um, you know, it's hard to pick who, who he's going to follow, but just say, look, I've got one of these dudes. And from the time he gets off the bus to, get to the time he gets back on the bus, that's just Jair Alexander. And you figure out the rest. I think that that could be a fun way. Mike Patton just doesn't play that way. Yeah, if, if I recall, uh, maybe I can look it up live here. If I recall, Jair Alexander shadowed Thielen in week one, and he's shadowed Thielen in the past for sure. So that's kind of what I think is going to happen. And yep. then it's going to be Justin Kevin Jefferson. King has had success on Stefan Diggs, which is why they have done that. Oh, uh, yeah. So okay. If, yeah. If Kevin King doesn't play, then you wonder if if you go that route. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think that's as good a as good a way to attack this as any and just say Shannon Sullivan when Justin Jefferson is in the slot we have confidence in you I think that's that's that would be my guess that that's how Mike Patton approaches it that makes sense um and so I know Mike Patton of course with the pass rush too there's also a lot of uh options here to attack the Vikings so it looks like Pat Elfline's going to be back if not it'll be Drew Samia who's off of his wrist injury who it, both of these guys are bad Drew Samia is worse um, so you could attack there. You could attack uh, uh, Dakota Dozier. Garrett Bradbury and pass protection has been up and down, but I think more ups and the tackles have been good. So this is going to be another game of like Zadarius Smith on the inside, right? Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark um, is is healthy again. Remember, he was hurt in that week one game, uh, got hurt in the game. 
But in that interim, while he was dealing with that injury and since Kingsley Kiki, former uh, fourth round pick, has really broken out. He he has shown some legitimate pass rush juice, um, both on early downs and, you know, they're putting him out there on third downs and letting him go hunt with these NASCAR packages Mike Patton likes to put on the field. They, they looked as good as they did rushing the passer all year last week. Was it that, that because it's the Texans offensive line uh, or or because they're finally healthy as a group? We'll see. The good news for them is it's not going to be as big a test as it might be against some other offensive lines, because as you said, there are some places to exploit uh, on the Vikings, particularly on the interior. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of Zadarius Smith as a stand up three tech mugging the a gaps, those kinds of things. Mike Patton, the last two weeks, has been a little bit more aggressive with his blitz calls, bringing more slot blitzes, more safety blitzes. Um, and, and doing some interesting things up front with games and twists and and stuff like that because he's got a very athletic group. Uh, I always am excited to see what Mike Patton is going to cook up in terms of his blitz package, and and he's been a little bit more uh, free with it, I'll say, the last two weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. And I did I did just pull it up, and what what I saw that was interesting. So Jerry Alexander, yeah, he did uh, shadow Thielen for like seventy eight percent of the routes. Uh, in week one, and he's basically been shadowing somebody every week, but now Josh Jackson shadowed somebody, which is for the first time. So maybe that's a sign of of their faith in him, and maybe he'll have Josh Jackson shadow Justin Jefferson in this game. Uh, that That's a really fun matchup to think about. That That's really interesting. Was Did uh, Josh Jackson shadow uh, Brandon Cooks last week? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. They wanted, they wanted to have Jair and Shannon Sullivan on Will Fuller as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, and they had Jair on Will Fuller for three quarters of the snaps, which pretty much shut him down, right? But now, hey, maybe he might join the Packers. Isn't that a rumor? That is a rumor. Yeah, it, it's uh, they have they have reached out. They, they they are trying to take a big swing here with the trade the trade market because they've been they've been making calls on pass catchers. They were in on Ertz. I know there was a report on that. Um, I have I have since gotten confirmation that 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 was a thing. And uh, yeah, Wolf Fuller is is also been on their radar. So they they want to take a big swing on improving their team. I don't. It doesn't seem like they're interested in the Curtis Samuels, and even the Jamison Crowders of the world. They don't yeah, they want, want a want marginal it. upgrade. They want they want a big swing. Yeah, I bet that's. I think I saw you tweet something about how that's like part of what what their draft strategy was was that they were kind of relying on getting some big home run, and that kind of that's what fell through, and that's why their draft looks so weird. Yep. So you want to move on to picks. Let's do it. Last I checked, the line was Packers minus seven and a half. I have uh, negative faith in my Vikings. Uh, I really do think that they stink <laughs> and they're getting worse every week. So I'm, I'm going to Packers to cover. I, I can't pick these Vikings to cover until they prove to me that they're an, they can be an NFL team for 60 minutes. That hasn't happened yet. I think especially with with the injury reports, the way that they are, uh, it is it is really hard to pick the Vikings here on the road um, to cover it is, you know, a touchdown of seven and a half, especially if it gets to seven or less. You have to just be like, no, it's it's got to be it's got to be Green Bay. Um, and, and if you like a, a teaser, maybe you, you tease the Packers in a game like this. If you're worried, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried. Uh, I think this is a game the Packers win in a very similar fashion to week one. I could definitely see it. it interestingly, over under is 52 and a half. That kind of looks tasty. I, I kind of want that over. I feel like the Packers could hang 50 of it by themselves. I did make a joke on Twitter. That was like a 25% joke that the Packers should just start Tim Boyle and stir up some trade interest. Hey, they lost to Matt Moore last year. Let's do it. 
All right. Well, uh, I uh, I wish you luck on your um, the rest of the season talking about the NFL draft, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk again soon. Hey, we're talking about coaching candidates too. It's not just a draft I love podcast. It. I love it. <laughs> Take care, Peter. <laughs> See you, Luke. You can find Peter at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. And tomorrow we are going to talk a little bit more about the Packers. And I think the exercise is going to be that I'm going to look at their game against Tampa Bay and see if there's anything the Vikings can steal so they can do a little bit better against the Packers this time around. That'll be the tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow's show if that ends up being interesting enough. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. Today's show was brought to you by Pepsi made for football watchers. And as always, Skull.